Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 and 21 through 22. <clears throat> Excuse me. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water. But one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized... And when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. May God bless his word. So this morning... We meet John and Jesus down at the water, the River Jordan. And um, John is kind of talking about, clearly there is some confusion about who the Messiah is. And so uh, Luke covers, as do all four, this is a rare thing, all four Gospels kind of cover the same story when it's a, when it's a, Four gospel story, you know that it's a significant thing because it's in all four gospels. This ex, this kind of how do we how do we articulate this relationship between John and Jesus? Because from the casual observer, what it looks like, you know, from the outside looking in, it might look like John started this ministry and then was arrested, and Jesus took up where John left off. And, and so, how do you, so what is the relationship between John? And all the Gospels kind of spend this some time talking about trying to explain this relationship between John and who Jesus is. And in all of them, John is very clear. I am not the Messiah. I'm here to proclaim the Messiah. He's going to come after me, and he's going to do great things. <coughs> and then... <clears throat> John seems to get a little confused. Like, I, I get the feeling as I, as I look at the character of John the Baptist that uh, he, he wasn't expecting Jesus, at least the way Jesus was. Uh, he was a little confused uh, about all of that. Because John came out, John's kind of a jerk. In the, I mean, he's loud, he's obnoxious, he's in your face. Uh, he calls everybody out and, uh, you know, out in the middle of everything, calls Herod out in the middle of society. And, and for John, everything, things are black and white. There's no middle ground. And what John does, what makes his ministry so significant is he retrieves away from the religious aristocracy of Jerusalem the ability for God to forgive sins. See... In, in Jesus' day, in John's day, the way you got your sins forgiven is you went to the temple and uh, you went 
there and you sacrificed animals and the, the priests would take your money, take your animals, and maybe you'd get absolution <coughs> kind of out of that. John says, no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go down, we're going to have this, it'll just between, be between you and God, and I will baptize you in the name, you, will re, you can repent and be forgiven, and I will baptize you and you'll be cleansed of your sins. Boom, out in the middle of Jordan, out in the middle of nowhere. You don't even have to go to Jerusalem, don't even bother. Well, that appealed, of course, to the outsiders, to the fringe element, to those who have been left out of that particular process already. And so John got quite a gathering out there. And, you know, for John, it was, it was about righteousness. You come out here, you get baptized, and you continue in your righteousness, in your right relationship with God, and your righteousness, and things like that. And John was expecting a Messiah, probably a lot like everybody else, who was going to come and take these people who have chosen righteousness, who have forsaken the, the temple, and he was going to mount up an army and kick Rome out of Jerusalem and take over the place and become the king of the Jews. Displace Herod and his ilk. So John didn't seem too concerned about bad-mouthing Herod and his wife and, his, and her daughter. So <coughs> he got in all kinds of trouble and got arrested. And John, John seemed a little confused from the get-go anyway. Uh, and I find this confusing too, that Jesus comes to John and John recognizes him as a Messiah, but then Jesus says, I need you to baptize me. And John's like, wait a minute, you should be baptizing me. I don't think I should be baptizing you. I'm, why should I baptize you? And again, theologians over the centuries have wondered, well, why is Jesus getting baptized by John, a baptism of repentance and of cleansing one of their sins well, John's confused, and so are all the theologians over the last centuries, uh, are a little confused by why is Jesus getting baptized. And I think Luke has, Luke has an idea about that. Luke wants us to know that Jesus is being baptized kind of as a part of the whole community. Because if you look at the text we just read, it hardly mentions it. It hardly mentions the baptism at all. Jesus comes to the... He's just in line with everybody else. Everyone went down to the water, got baptized, and then Jesus did too. That's all it says. So Jesus was just like everybody else. I'm down here getting baptized with everybody else. I'm here with all you people. And I'm here to, <coughs> to reclaim that territory of God's forgiveness and take control of that myself, not in the hands of the Jewish aristocracy in Jerusalem. And... It's not, in Luke, it's, it's an under-interesting thing. Unlike in Mark, and unlike in Matthew, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, that's in all of the Gospels. But in Luke, it doesn't come on the heels of the baptism. It comes on the heels of Jesus praying. In the text we read today, Jesus is baptized and then was praying. And we saw the heavens open in a Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descends upon Jesus. So Luke kind of downplays the significance of this baptism under John uh, in a way that the other Gospels don't. The other Gospels kind of lift it up in a very different way. So 
<coughs> but John goes from here uh, later on if we read uh, the book of John, different John, by the way, but if we read the book of John while in prison, uh, sitting there cooling his heels, John begins to wonder, wait a minute, did I make the right choice? Is it maybe I was off base on this? Because Jesus is not doing the things I would expect the Messiah to do. And he sends some of his followers to go ask Jesus, are you the one or should we be looking for someone else? And I wonder if this was code like from John to say, hey, get off the dime, pal. I'm in prison. <laughs> Now's a good time for this holy army to come and get me out of prison, right? <laughs> Now's a good time for you to get everyone together and start this revolution. But Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus says, tell John the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, and uh, you know we're caring for widows and orphans. That's for you to decide. And, uh, you know, I don't know if John was disappointed after that. But basically, Jesus took John's ministry in a whole different direction. In this whole kingdom of God, Jesus expanded it to be more about, here's the way the world should be. Not, uh, not a revolution to take over the world, but a revelation to transform the world. Uh, and that confused on. And I think what I take from this, from looking at who John is, what I want, what I want to bring out of that today, what I, the, 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 the blessing that I think John brings for us is John was filled with uncertainty and doubt at certain points along the way. John was struggling to be faithful and still wondered, Wow, you know, where, what am I doing? I don't, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this, uh, John didn't understand everything that was brought to him. Jesus, you want me to baptize you? Okay, I'll try that. Whatever. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me, but I am pressing on anyway. And I guess I want to say, well, that's, I, I find myself in those same places in my faith. I sometimes wonder, is it, you know, do I have this right? And some, you know what? Just between you and me, I don't want this getting around. Sometimes I'm wrong. I don't know if you... Sometimes I, I'm looking at something and I'm like, wow, that is... I guess I was wrong on that. I guess we were wrong, you know. And the church has to spend a lot of time explaining all the ways it's been wrong in the past, right? Uh, we have a lot to apologize for. We have a lot to make up for. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, it's okay when we find ourselves struggling and doubting and wondering. And, uh, you know, as long as we find ourselves looking to God with that, right? The most, the, the most fruitless thing for us to do when we find ourselves kind of wondering, Am I, is this even right? Is this even true? Is this even helpful? Is this even real? The, the most fruitless thing we can do is to then walk away and not bring that to the Lord. Right? But when we come to God and we say, you know what? I'm, I feel like I'm heading in a weird direction. I, help me understand if I'm going in the right direction. God, I feel like this, 
this thing that I've believed my whole life doesn't make any sense anymore. Should I let it go? Uh, God, I wonder if you're even there. Is Jesus even really helpful in this world we live in? You know what? God, God's not going to be mad at you for bringing that to him. God wants to hear about our doubts and our frustrations and our struggles and our wonderings. God, God knows we look around and we go, really? I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing this kingdom of God Pastor Curtis keeps talking about. Help me see it, Lord. Help me see it. That's what John was doing. I'm not seeing it. Help me see it. And Jesus did. He said, open your eyes. Look at the blind are seeing now. The deaf are hearing now. The lame are walking now. That's the kingdom of God I'm here to declare. Now, I don't know if John was satisfied with that. Maybe not, because he didn't get out of jail. But that was the kingdom of God that Jesus ushered in. And John helped with that, even in the midst of his doubts and his struggles and his wonderings. So I invite us all to be faithful even in our doubting, to be faithful even in our struggling, to be faithful even when we're not sure if we believe all this stuff. And by faithful, I mean be in conversation with God about it and bring it to the Lord. And I, the result of that will be that, that there is this dialogue, for lack of a better term, that happens between ourselves and the divine that gives us reassurance or puts us on a new path or lets us, gives us permission to get rid of some of the dead weight that we've carried with us. And to reassure us that yes, God is there. God is at work. And God loves us tremendously. Let us pray. Great and loving God, as we hear this story of John, um, who might, along with Thomas, be called a doubter at times. We see ourselves. We find ourselves in this story. (coughs) Longing to be faithful, but often wondering what that looks like. And changing our expectations uh, in the face of your kingdom. May we continually come to you with uh, all that is in our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.